Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey. Uh, um, yeah, go on. So go on, talk to me, Francis. Talk, talk, so, talk to me, baby. So, Jamie, yeah, I okay. just want you to like, you know, be, be cool. Right. Uh, dude, <sighs> be cool. Listen, what, what am I doing here? <sighs> Do you have a film camera, by the way? Yeah. Really? I have a film camera. Yeah. Have you? So what? funny how how much you're posting about your film camera. <laughs> 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 Don't you think it'd be much cooler if you just didn't say about that you had a no, film camera? No. <laughs> Listen, I think what you were referring to <laughs> is the fact that my guys, I've got a film camera, <laughs> right? Yeah. I think the problem is that you're referring to the fact on my Instagram, I'm posting pictures of these pictures that are. Taken and then you're on saying, film. and then in every comment, you're like, "Yes, this is just taken on my film camera." Yes, because I don't want people to think that it's like I'm using like an app. You wouldn't want you wouldn't want people to think that you're just actually cool. No, I just didn't want people to think that I'm actually taking. I'm using like an app to make the pictures look. But that why way. even say it? Because I don't want people to think. I think it's like cool to know that we bring film camera back. <laughs> You freaking loser, Francis. <laughs> I think it's cooler just to, like, take pictures. Yeah, but then people would think that it's actually done your iPhone. Maybe. Yeah, I guess probably with you they would. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. Guys, I it's, just, it's actually a film camera. I'm not just using an app. I did that once. <laughs> did I? Did I do it twice? You did it a few times. I did it once, I think. Yeah, a few times. Well, anyway, I've got a film camera. Do you want to hear about what happened with my film camera? Yeah, yeah, come on. Fucking annoying. So anyway, this film camera, it's called Contax T3, and it's like oh, yeah. really rare to get hold of, and um, they don't really do them. They're really expensive. Who recommended it to you? Uh, a couple of people, actually. Um, and actually, who, do, you know, specifically? Do, you know, do you know who used it in uh, his photo shoots? Was um, Terry Richardson. Is it Terry Richardson? Who's yeah, yeah, the, the photographer, yeah. Terry Richardson, he used it, so it's really, really good. Anyway, what is so upsetting about it is that I gave it to my girlfriend Sophie to take home, and she left it in a taxi. Oh my oh, god! Yeah. So no more pictures on Instagram <laughs> saying film camera. So no more film camera. <laughs> no more film camera. It's annoying. So is that quite expensive? Yeah, it? really. It's yeah. like two thousand pounds. I mean, they're yeah. really expensive. <clears throat> it's like a lot of money to. And I really liked it, obviously, because it was so expensive. And, and you really liked rare. telling people about it. As I well. love telling people. So that, now you're not even going to be able to do... Now you're just going to have to get the app. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a lot cheaper because it's <laughs> free. <laughs> <laughs> and you can't lose that. And now everyone's going to just think that it's, it's actually a film camera. So yeah. I want to give a big shout out to anyone who has, a, has access to a contacts camera. If you have an access to a contacts T2 or T3 camera, let me know. Uh, hey, listen, we've got our guest today, uh, James Wilkes. Uh, James Wilkes is a He's ultimate... He's the producer of... The Game Changers. The Game Changers, which is a, a documentary which is... Ultimate a, Fighting Champion. Ultimate Fighting Champion. Jeet Kune Do expert, black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Keep going. Um, taekwondo. Um, Just an all-round he, he's, he's, He, he um, advises uh, various special forces units on unarmed combat. He's... he's a, He's a, he's a very competent fighter. He's just a freaking hero, this guy. Uh, we had him on the podcast today. Um, he had to go to Edinburgh, so he actually gave up some of his time to come speak to us, which was just so cool of him to do so. Really nice guy, really smart, super interesting. He 
it's just basically saying you've got to go plant-based in order to uh, achieve the highest performance ability. Um, and he's... Well, he says a lot more than that. He says a lot more than Probably that. Probably just was, watch the documentary after you listen to this. Listen to this. Go and watch the documentary, The Game Changers. It's out on iTunes and also on Netflix at the moment. Um... Just a wicked, wicked guy. James, uh, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you for being my new best friend. Thank you for organizing. I think we should, I, I would love to fight in jujitsu as well at one point. Uh, I mean, maybe I think we should leave that to me. Okay, I'll leave it to you. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, here's the podcast with James Wilkes. Enjoy. Ah, okay. All right. Yeah. Here well, we go. Yeah, here we go, man. You ready we're, for this? We're back. Back in the... Can, back I, just, in can the I just be totally honest? Because I... For once. And I'm always honest. Um... I because we ha- because our guest today is all about uh, sort of you know what you put in your body and how healthy it is and things like that. I I think my body was freaking out because I woke up at four a.m. this morning from all the cocaine. <laughs> no, Francis. No, I woke up at four a.m. and I had the worst like stomach pain in the world, and so I had to then go to the bathroom for like an hour because I was freaking out so much, and then I woke up again at seven. The same thing happened because I think. I think my body was just saying he was. It was so nervous to meet our guest. Really? Yeah, I think. Oh, you had. I, you're saying you had IBS. I didn't. I don't know what it was, but it was really intense. And and I and it, yeah, it was like really. You grumpy. were nervous, and because you're nervous to meet our guest. I think that I think that my body knew that we were going to talk about like healthy things, you you know, and things like that, and and all these different stuff, and it was freaking out about it. Well, it may very well be that uh, you know all that meat you're eating is uh, just. Destroying your bowels. Why would you straight away? Why would you? Put, why do we put it on me like that straight away? Why would you do that? Do you know what I have to say? So I've been I've been training jujitsu for two years now, nearly two years. Oh wow! And uh, and specifically so that I could beat up more vegans. <laughs> <laughs> and then I watched your documentary, and I realised that they've actually got a massive advantage over me anyway. So <laughs> so now actually, since I watched the do- do- documentary, yeah. uh, I came to the premiere. Um, I asked a question, I don't know if you remember I asked, but uh, to Patrick about what he eats. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I, actually, I've been, because I'm competing on Sunday, and mm. so I've been plant-based <laughs> since I watched the documentary, just oh, as well. an experiment to see how I, how, how, how I feel uh, uh, fighting on Sunday with, you know, with just a plant-based... Uh, Gee, I don't think those few days are going to make a difference. Well, actually, no, no. I'd be surprised. But I, I mean, I, would, I wouldn't usually recommend, if someone's got a competition coming up, I wouldn't usually recommend any changes to your sort of training regime or diet, you know, like well, a week before. But you know, I, I, I'm I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to win anyway. So it's well. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Just about how I Hello, everyone. Welcome to Private Parts Podcast. This is where we read the most innovative sort of details of our lives in the studio today. James Wilkes, how are you, my friend? Awesome. Well, thanks for having me. Do we do we pronounce your surname Wilkes? Is that yep, right? Yep. That's Tony. Hey, listen, uh, James, I have to be telling you, you're probably the coolest person we've had in the studio. <laughs> and I'm in here a lot of the time. And uh, you're still the coolest person we've I, ever I'm had not, in it. I'm not sure about that. No, no, no it, it definitely well, is uh, Well, true. M- not necessarily the coolest, but certainly the most deadly. <laughs> That's probably yeah. true. Yeah. yeah. James, I, I, I'm so in- interested in your life, right? So um, you're, you're a British guy. Yep. Uh, and How could you tell? Well, well it is actually... But your accent, people, your accent changes. Well, I've been here for... Uh, what four days now since coming back from the states? So, my, I'm sounding a bit more English, but usually English people aren't sure where I'm from. Oh, you get a sort of mid-Atlantic twang. Something. I'm not. Yeah, because I've been in the states now for 19 years, so obviously yeah. you just pick it up. You know. Yeah. 
Um, but it's interesting. So you, okay. So what you're what you're known for to begin with is that you are a you you're sort of um, you went to the Ultimate Challenge, uh, Ultimate Fighter, which is basically a TV show in the US where uh, you try and become a UFC fighter. That's and you actually won the whole thing. Right, yeah, it was actually UK versus USA. Okay. So um, I was representing the UK, which a lot of Americans, when I won, they were a little bit pissed off because, you know, they said, well, you've been training in the States for 10 years. How are you representing the UK? Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm best known for winning the Ultimate Fighter probably, but uh, my main thing is sort of training uh, realistic combat to like yeah. uh, special forces and government agencies and things like that. But the thing is, you said you started fighting and, and training when you were about eight years old. And yep. when I was like eight, when I was like six, seven, eight, I did judo and I really was not competing that well. I remember one guy threw me over and, and he winded me so badly that I really didn't want to ever do it again. Why did you love that kind of combat sport so much? How did you get into it? Actually, I didn't like it when I was eight years old. So you just forced into it. I was going because my, yeah, my, 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 my dad was telling me to go and my uncle was like, Fight, yeah, like the top level in England at the time in karate and so sort of forced to go at the time. Um, did it for a couple of years, then stopped for a little bit and then really got into it more when I was 15, started doing taekwondo. Got beaten up on the street shortly after and realized that this karate and the taekwondo, you know, the patterns, the katas that you yeah. do, just really weren't very effective. And wait, that wait, hey, and you got beaten up on the street? Yeah, yeah, when I was 15, yeah. Wait, what, you just got jumps? People just mugged you? What happened? Uh, I was just walking along. Some guys just says, what, what are you looking at? And uh, he walked over across the street, and I said, no, nothing. And he, he went like this. He said, do you see this? And so I sort of, I, I leaned in to see what he was pointing at, and it, bang, really? hit me, yeah, hit me in the nose, and I was bleeding. And then I was in shock, right? Because when you do training, it's all like, you're ready? Yeah, yeah. I'm ready. Bow, okay, I'm ready, yeah. yeah. So you weren't expecting <laughs> so that. So you bowed to him? <laughs> no, I didn't, no, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't you, bow. You put out wait, some, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Hold on, I've got to bow. You put out, yeah, some, you put out some judo mats. Let me get my, <laughs> let me get my gi on for a second in my belt. Uh, no, so, but I was in shock, and then I fell for it again. So he said, what, you see this one? And I, because I was in shock, I sort of oh, le you're leaned stunned, in again. Yeah. yeah, I leaned in again, bang, hit me again. And then I was bleeding from the mouth. And, uh, to be honest, I don't know if jujitsu would have saved you in that. <laughs> well, you no, know, would, I probably would have no, no, shot no, him no, for the takedown. No, no, exactly. I guess if you if you if you if you're gonna look into, this, I guess it's it's a funny way of starting a fight, isn't it? That that yeah, uh, look at yeah, this. Look at yeah, this. It's quite it's pretty smart. Yeah, it's Wait, pretty hang, smart. Hang, so so he. So what I find odd, James, is that you're you're obviously a really smart guy. But that is a really dumb thing to do when he said for the second time, look at you were like, surely he's just being nice. This time. Maybe there's something in his eye this time. Oh, what? Fool me once. Shame on me. Fool me twice. Perhaps he needs help getting something. I, I had that. I had that. But I luckily didn't get hit. But I, 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 you probably wouldn't tell this by looking at me, but... I'm not a fighter. And I know I look aggressive in those things, but I'm just really not. <laughs> and one time I was walking by myself and there were these group of guys and uh, they looked pretty scary. And I was walking really, I told you this, but I was walking really slowly past them and they shouted to me. They went, Oi, mate. And I turned around and they said, you've dropped your gay card. And I went searching on the ground for <laughs> whatever I dropped because I didn't realise what I dropped. And they just started laughing at me. So I ran. <laughs> I didn't know what else to do. You well, that's probably the best card, thing. Yeah. It honestly. is the best thing. It's one of the best self-defence things you can do is run, right? Yeah. So. But, but, but you, so this happened. So you so got, And then it dawned on you that you said, okay, look, I need to. Then I sort of got ready to fight. And then he was, you know. He was He's laughing. So you actually got prepared to fight him. 
Yeah, I got rid of it. Then I was like, oh, I'm in a fight now after I've been hit twice. Then I sort of the shock passed a little bit. And, and then you found Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. No, that's not. Uh, no, then I just started really digging into um, sort of the search for truth in combat, which yeah. sort of mirrored what Bruce Lee was trying to do. And he would have this philosophy, which was um, research your own experience, absorb what is useful, reject what is useless, add what yeah. is specifically your own. So you've got to start really digging in and seeing which arts. Every art has something useful, but mm. there's a lot of unuseful uh, stuff in all the arts as well. So you've got to try and pick and choose. Which do you think is the least useful? Um, well, I don't want to pick on any one style, really. But Go there's on, styles man. that are... <laughs> there's like different styles like um, wushu and things like yeah, that, which yeah. have become more about you know, it's, what it's, it looks it's like. like. It's more of a display. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Well, like, I think wushu and, and even kung fu... Um, were sort of developed by um, the Chinese government to essentially parades, military parades, to, to sh as a show of force, moral, sorry, sort of uh, posturing, right? Right. Uh, so they so they do all these amazing displays of of kung fu and wushu techniques, but actually in a real life fight, they basically yeah. Well, some of the kung fu style you know, is different, and it depends who your teacher is and the tra training methodologies. But yeah, but generally the ones that sort of look more flashy are the ones that are less effective. You know, mm. the real uh, effective stuff just style over substance. Yeah, but but it's it's I, I love that thing about Bruce Lee because that should be applied to like everything, right? If if we're, right. if we're mm. totally honest, <clears throat> and and actually the Japanese are so good at that. What the Japanese are amazing at is that. So for example, with like there are more Michelin star um, Italian restaurants in Japan than there are actually in Italy because. Mm what the Japanese do and their whiskey is like the best because what they'll do is they'll, they'll send people you know people to Scotland or they'll send mm. people to Italy and they'll really discover how to understand what they're doing what they're making they'll tweak a little bit and that's kind of what you're saying about Bruce is that you really got to absorb and understand what you're doing and what you're 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 creating right and that is so important yeah and there's also like you know you've got to start understanding the immutable principles of combat which also transfer into business or making a mm. film yeah. or yeah. whatever else so yeah. like economy of motion risk to reward ratio these things you've got to you've got to look through that lens. Otherwise, you can't assess what is useful and what is not useful. But you know you can learn that from the martial arts. And you can take that to any other realm of life as well. And also assess in a fight scenario whether it's actually worth fighting or not. Right, yeah, which yeah, usually yeah. better to just escape yeah. or you know or even better avoid it in the first place. Yeah. Okay, I want to know this. So you're you're in. So that you're 15 years old. You you you've just <laughs> looked at this guy. He's punched you in the face twice. And then, but were you? Would you? See, for me, like I said, I'm a runner. I would run. If you get that flee or fight, you know, the saber-tooth tiger. If the saber-tooth tiger is there, I'm out of here. Flee or, flee or fight. Am I a flee or am I going to fight? And I do that. I go, wait, am I fleeing or fighting right <laughs> <Yeah>. now? <laughs> fight or fight. And then I get yeah. a caught in between two. I'm like, yeah. oh, no. But it's true. And, and some people have that within them where they will stand up for themselves. And I suppose if I've... I've, I've been in fights when I was younger, but I've, I've always been hit. I've never... I, I threw a punch once. I threw a punch once and I missed. And the only and I missed. Yeah, yeah, I missed. I missed over his head. I missed over his head. And the only the only fight I've ever had was with a friend of mine, and I and I punched him, and I then got what they call a boxer's break, where mm. you you break the side. Did you punch with the outside? Yeah, well, I, I I didn't know how to punch. So I just punched with my like mm. little finger, like you punch, you know, pointing your knuckle, your knuckles there, and I didn't do that. Well, punching in that way is actually the most dangerous for for your knuckles, right? I I don't know. I have no idea. Jake. You tell me. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll learn. I'm going to no, I'm asking you. No, no, we no, brought no. you in here to teach you so how true. to fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no. So, so I mean, technically, you should line up these two knuckles yeah. with uh, you know their wrists, so it's not like this or this yeah. or this. But the problem is, in reality, uh, that's pretty tough to do in, sure. a, in a real situation. And also, the face isn't flat. You know, so um, you know, there's 
any fight you'll watch, there's guys that miss with their whole fist, you know, miss yeah. the face completely. So to think that you're going to be able to aim and get those two knuckles on the exact spot you want is also pretty unrealistic. But yeah, trying to line that up, uh, less like to break it. But so you remember that. I've, I've got it now. It's every single time. So you're you're 15 years old. You had this fight. This happened. So what, what's your mentality after that? You're like, right, well, I need to learn how to defend myself. Is that what happened? Yeah. So I, I kept studying Taekwondo, you know, and working to get my black belt. But um, I also started really digging into other martial arts. Came across a guy called Jeff Thompson at the time, who was a doorman in Coventry, you know, a bouncer. And uh, he had Coventry this is scary. Yeah, scary. Yeah. I don't know why I'm saying I'm scared of everything at the moment. I'm really. <laughs> there was a lot of, yeah, on the door, there was a lot of fights they got into, you know, in Coventry, especially. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Um, but he would have this thing called Animal Day where you could basically go and, you know, basically, it was basically like sort of like mixed martial arts except if you could bite until release and kick in the groin oh. and grab the throat and that type of stuff. What? Um, so I remember going to train with him a little bit, and that was big eye opener. I think by the time I trained with him, I was seventeen. I was a red belt in taekwondo, almost a black belt, and uh, just remember going in there. And my gi, you know, the uniform. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the taekwondo one is actually pretty thin, usually mm. unlike a judo gi that's sort of designed for throwing. And in the first ten seconds of ripped, it was, it was totally ripped off. And uh, we were doing this scenario. So basically, you had to stand with your uh, facing the wall, and then there was like thirty other guys in the class, all talk, plan what they're going to do. And then you've got to, um, you know, basically act out you're the doorman. And you've got 30 people around you, all with glo boxing gloves on. And you don't know who's a good guy, who's a bad guy. And they talk, start talking shit, pushing you. You know, what's your fucking problem? You know, shoving you in the yeah. chest. Because you start getting the adrenaline. It's a bit more realistic training. Sure, yeah, sure. And then all of a sudden, I'm cracked from the, you know, on the side. And uh, just, you know, basically knocked down to the ground, start kicking me. Uh, you know, just scenarios like that, which was uh, pretty eye-opening. And what, what, what does that teach you? What are you, what are you learning from that? <clears throat> well, I think you're learning like awareness skills, you know, because when you're fighting one-on-one, -on -one, you, you get sort of tunnel sure. vision. So you start learning, um, you, you start learning to use something called defense. So you're putting up your guard, you know, to create that space. Mm. You don't want to get ready like this because you're not necessarily in a fight yet. You're trying to calm things down. And you're also learning to turn your head because you do, once you get adrenaline, you do get tunnel vision. So you got to start... Mm. You know, you're not going to see as much peripheral. So you've got to learn to like back off, get in your stance, but not look too aggressive, calm things down, start looking at people, um, you know, side to side, see, trying to assess the threats, basically. So that's, that's part of the training, right? Because a lot of people think self-defense is about fighting, but it's also about awareness, um, you know, your skills of talking people down. Risk uh, assessment. Yeah, and, all that type of stuff. I can do that. I can talk people down. I'm that, that's, that's what I'm pretty good at. Hey, buddy, yeah. let's be friends. That's yeah. like, I remember I got mugged when I was... Uh, well, I didn't. I actually, I actually ran away again. Um, but I nearly... I was in London and these guys jumped over this... You know, like, have you ever seen the movie Notting Hill? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, these sort of private gardens, right? Mm -hmm. I was in one of these things and these guys jumped over the fence and came in there and they came up to me and basically asked me for my phone. And I went, oh, here, have a beer, man. I tried to hand him a beer. And they went, no, give us your phone. Everyone gets mugged in London. And so I just ran with my friend Charlie. And I honestly, crouching tiger, hidden dragon over the fence. I honestly jumped. I, I jumped over this fence, which was huge. I don't know where the adrenaline came from. My friend Charlie got bundled into a car. 
What? Yeah, he got bundled into he the car. He got kidnapped. He, he got bundled into the car. It was so scary. Charlie Huntington bundled into the car and driven off and never saw him again. <laughs> <laughs> he got bundled into the car, driven off, and I was like, what has happened? And we were walking down the street trying yeah. to find him, help him. And this Irish guy had brought him back down, and he was in the car at the traffic lights, and Charlie Huntington was screaming. The guy had jumped on the bonnet, had to help him, and they had let him out of the car. Super scary. Really intense that that happens. But I think the thing is, what you said so right, is that you get this tunnel vision. Like, I remember just, you, I, I, and that's where that separates the greatest sportsmen to just, you know, sportsmen, right? Where they have that awareness, where even in like intense situations, you can mm. look around, you can see that vision. And adrenaline management, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. how do you coach yourself? How do you teach yourself that? Because I think, I think you've got to train it, you know, because mm. I think if you're always used to bowing and then you're ready, I'm ready. I think if you train it, you know, I think like getting shoved in the chest and people screaming at you and multiple people and just trying to well, you know, deal with that. That's the thing. For, for me, obviously, tra- training jujitsu in the gym, you know, is one thing and, you know, you you, you can perform, uh, you know, and you, you... But then actually when you get out into a competition scenario, that's when you have that adrenal dump. Yep. And, and actually, it's only through uh, competing a lot that I've, that I've been able to sort of learn how to deal with that. So I think now I think now I can I can go into a competition feeling like almost completely relaxed, like I'm in the gym, but it's only just through that consi- like repeated uh, com- competition. I tried jujitsu and I, I I did it for a few days and I I didn't breathe throughout the whole thing yeah. and but it was the most tiring thing. It, people, what you watch jujitsu and you watch some of these sort of sort of wrestling techniques in a sense, and you think you're just on the floor just wrestling. Wow. I've never been that exhausted. And so you just mm. forget it's just about staying calm. Well, it's also because you'd have no technical ability. Yeah, right? you have to rely on strength. You've got to learn to relax and use, you know, if you need to explode, use that in the right times. But people tire out very quickly. I but tell you what, I was, I was good one of at shrimping. I was good at shrimping. <laughs> That's the only thing That's I was really good at. It's funny, though, because obviously um, you're, it's so it's so technically uh, complex and, you know, like infinitely complex jujitsu. But then actually, if you're unfit, and your training unfit, it forces your technique to improve. So, mm. in fact, it's this, it's this weird thing where if the, 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 the more unfit you are, the, the more you have to rely on your technique. So your technique improves faster than people who are actually really fit and really strong who just rely on strength, stamina, and, yeah. and brute strength. Yeah, that's true. But, but, but you, like, sitting with you now, right, you, and uh, this, is a lot, this is a lot of kids, you know, look at Bruce Lee, the most calm person, you know, he's totally calm. And you're a really calm Guy, you can feel your aura. It's just a calm aura, mm-hmm. right? But then, where do you? Are you flirting with him? Yeah, I'm sorry. This is me flirting with you. I'm sorry. I do this every single time. <laughs> but where do you get that? Where do you get that like aggression from, right? Because, or or is it not aggressive aggression? Is it just kind of like you go right? You're in this scenario. You're going to fight. You know, not as in competition wise. Because I I would just get aggressive. I used to play rugby, right? And, you know, you get tackled, you get angry. That's where my sort of adrenaline came from. Yours isn't anger, right? No, I think you've got to distinguish between anger and aggression. I think those are different. So you've got to sort of separate those. You know, so that anger is coming more of an emotion, whereas aggressive is more of like a a mental state, I think. And so, yeah, you do need to be able to turn on that aggression, but you also need to be able to stay calm. If 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 you're angry, I don't think that you can react as well. I think you're a bit slower in your reaction time. Um, you're not thinking straight. You're, you're taking risks unnecessarily. So you do have to be aggressive, obviously, when you're fighting. Um, but, but then you get these guys, right, who are boxers or, or UFC fighters, whoever, who, who do the trash talking and, all, and it's all about, you know, ang- that's anger. So that's probably not a right way to be. No, I don't think it's the best way to be. I think some of it's anger, but some of it's 
largely it's marketing right and yeah a lot of it's marketing they're trying to sell the fight you know mm. so they hype it up but know. sometimes it's not right and they're and they're in there and they're, and that because surely that would just waste so much energy already if you've got that sort of mentality going into something like surely staying as calm as you possibly can is the best way to to win the fight yeah i mean i think so i mean if you look at um like fedor back in the day do you, do you know fedor the million i don't remember, I remember he's fedor. fighting pride and um yeah if you just watch him he would like be playing a game of cards right before the fight or whatever just walk mm. out hmm. You know, just like it's like Klitschko used to play chess as well. He used to play right. chess before he had a boxing fight. He just used to just do that just to calm himself down. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the better way to go. But I mean, I think it works. You know, people obviously it's working different ways with different people. Well, that's the thing also because when you're in that relaxed state, uh, you, you you're you're more, you're more likely able to tap into that kind of state of flow almost. You know, you know. Yeah, absolutely. But also, James, you know, the reason you know you, you haven't just come here just to talk to us about fighting because that would be a waste of your time. No, uh, I, I, <laughs> but I like you, you you've got your Talk to us about your new documentary, your, your the film. Game Changers. The Game Changers. Yeah, so what happened was I was training for a fight with a future heavyweight champion, uh, Fabrizio Verdum, and I tore ligaments in both of my knees. Was right? that with a takedown, or how, how did it happen? No, he, did a, he, he got really mad. We were supposed to be kickboxing, but he, he came and did a flying knee, took me off the ground. I landed in some sweat, and then he was up here. He's like, you know, got 80 pounds on top of me, like 250, 60 pounds, landed on me. My feet slipped out, so his weight and my weight, and then the sweat stopped, my feet got stuck, and then both of my um, knees tore. But oh, So I had about six months where I thought, well, what can I do with my time that's productive? And I thought, well, I'll start digging into the peer-reviewed research on nutrition for optimal recovery and performance. Mm. Um, and I sort of felt like, um, you know, I used to be on this search for truth in combat. Now I felt like I'm on this search for truth in nutrition. And like you said, you can use those same sort of tools and mindset, mm. right? Uh, research your own experience and really dig into it and um, that's when I came across a study about the Roman gladiators so uh, scientists unearthed uh, 68 gladiator skeletons they analyzed 5,000 bones in Ephesus Turkey which is the only known gladiator burial site in the world do they take like the carbon is it the carbon <clears throat> footprint what is that uh, they, 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 do a, they yeah. actually do a strontium calcium analysis okay. and a radioisotope analysis yeah and they can tell um, Basically, you can eat. You can sort of determine what types of foods we're eating, and when the strontium levels are very high, you can tell they're eating almost exclusively, if not completely, plants. So I started digging into it, and you know, the scientists thought they're eating exclusively, if not completely, plants. I thought, well, that can't be true because you've got to have meat and animal protein to be strong and healthy. And the gladiators, you know, being in the mm. UFC, you look at the gladiators like these are the original, yeah, 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 yeah. original fighters, you know. And so, um, just started really digging into the research. And realized that everything I thought to be true about nutrition was, you know, especially around protein and animal foods, was a lie. Well, why? Was it a lie just to, to, to create sales and things like that? Is <clears> yeah, absolutely. Just meat and dairy industry. Yeah, exactly. Just really powerful. They spend billions of dollars uh, influencing government regulations, funding studies that are erroneous and uh, just misleading us. And then they also spend tons of money on marketing. Wait, that is so intense. So all, these, so all these years, actually, so all these years you've been told these different things. It's a total... In a sense, it's a total lie. Yeah, I mean, some of it's um, intentional from the industry, and then but then that trickles down. You know, my parents would say, "You've got to eat meat to be strong and exactly healthy." Exactly the same as me. That's what yeah. it was. You, you you eat your meat to become strong. You have this, and that's how you build yeah, muscle. Yeah, totally untrue. Yeah, so so all protein originates in plants, and animals are just the middlemen, right? So yeah. where did, where does your protein get its protein from? Right, it gets it from plants, and it's always better to get your nutrients from the source, essentially. So, you know, the, the lower on the food chain you get, you get less uh, buildup of toxins mm. and heavy metals. And there's, you know, inflammatory mediators and that sort of thing. So 
basically animals are doing you a disservice. So they're robbing the food of fiber and phytonutrients. They're concentrating the pesticides and the toxic heavy metals, and they're mm. adding in inflammatory mediators. It gets a little bit complex with TMAO. Yeah, I love this. yeah and then basically those inflammatory mediators, for example, are uh, uh, harming your arteries, which means uh, something called the endothelium, which is the lining of your arteries, yeah. and it produces uh. nitric oxide, which is a vasodilator. It lets your arteries open up. Like Vi- like Viagra, the one that you take. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's actually, no, but the funny thing is it actually works on the same, yeah, it works on the same, uh, same concept. And mm. so uh, that allows more oxygen, more nutrients to your muscles, and that's obviously going to be better if you can eat more plant foods. That improves blood flow, more oxygen, more nutrients to the muscles. Um, and then, so that means better athletic, better athletic performance. And then in the long term, these same biological mechanisms actually um, impair, you know, if you, if you close up the arteries and make them more stiff, that, you know, leads to chronic diseases like heart disease. But wait, this is insane. So the animals are actually just robbing all the good stuff. Yeah. They're, they're absorbing all that, all that, all that stuff, find right? find some way of getting back at them. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe eat them. Maybe eat them. <laughs> Maybe we should just eat them. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Right, dude, we're going to have to hold you there for one second because we do this point in the podcast where Francis asks us a question and we try and answer it. Uh, so, Francis, <clears throat> let's have the question of the week. Well, I think James might have a, a bit of an bit of an advantage of you on this one. Yeah. The but only advantage he's had over is it a competition? Or? Y- this is a yeah. co- this yeah. is a competition. We're actually going to move all the politics and have a fight later. I can't mm. wait okay. for that. Clear this out. All right, yeah. Yeah, clear this out. What are the three most common submissions in UFC? Mm. Ah, okay, okay. okay. You want to go first? Okay, I'll go first because you'll know this. But I reckon so. I would say uh, an armbar. Mm-hmm. I would then say a. Back collar choke, is that right? Back collar choke. What? Isn't, isn't that... What, what are, <laughs> oh, sorry, you don't know I, that one? No. So don't no, worry about it, James. Back collar choke. Look, James, you don't know that one. Yeah. Call yourself a black belt. Um, <laughs> you don't know the choke. The yeah, choke, yeah. what is it? It's called the, the choke. Rear, naked, the rear, rear naked, naked choke. Rear naked choke. It's like I'm a loser at school. It's like, oh, you don't know that? <laughs> what? Rear naked, rear naked choke. Last yeah. one. So I reckon armbar, that one, the choke... And then I reckon triangle. Well, that's the three I would have said. So you'd be Is it the three I would have yeah. said? Yeah. I knew it. I Is knew that it. Not true? Well, we will find out in part two. Oh, okay, okay, we're going to find out. Listen, uh, James, you're going to stick around. Well, you're not, you can't go anywhere because we have to organize our fight in part two. Yeah. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you in part two.